And uh, this is one of our, one of the things the Lord has been directing us in is in the Holy Communion. Now, um, we're going to partake together and uh, we're going to listen to this song as we kind of intertwine it as we do. We will not be shaken. But one thing I want to share with you is that we found this out last night. Another new thing about communion, the Holy Communion, the body and the blood of Jesus. The body and the blood of Jesus. As we partake together, as Jesus told us to, and he told his disciples the night before he was to be crucified. Think of it. The last thing he did, the last thing he did with his disciples was he had communion with them. He said, this is my body. This is my blood. And this is what he is saying because just as he went to the cross and he went and he was crucified for us and he rose again, but now he's coming again. He's coming again and he's coming for a pure and spotless bride. And one reason we are doing this as a body is so that we are ready and prepared. And not only that, taking, partaking of his body and his blood, this is what will give you power. This is one of the mysteries of the Lord that he said. Remember when he said it? And I remind you again, everyone here knows because I say it every time. But, they laugh. but when he said to a group of his followers... And he said, if you don't drink my blood and you don't eat my body, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And he lost many followers that day because they couldn't understand it. Well, one really interesting thing that uh, I found out yesterday as I was listening to some uh, tapes on communion from Derek Prince and Francis Chan is that Communion, when they would gather together after the death of Christ and the resurrection, for, I, am, I know I'm going to get this wrong, 1,500 years? For 1,500 years, they didn't have this. They didn't have a pulpit. They had a table. Right, which is so exciting because as I think about it, and Chris, God bless you, be patient with me, but he knows that that's what the Lord's been speaking to me. Come to the table. Come to the table. So for 1,500 years, think of that, after the birth of Christ, they did, don't get me wrong, they did have priests. They did have shepherds. They had pastors. But they didn't set their gatherings up with a pulpit where one man studied for 20 hours and then gave his interpretation of the scripture. They gathered together as a body. 
And this is what Christ is calling us to, to come together as the body of Christ and to come to the table, the mystery of the Holy Communion, and to partake together. And I, and so we're just going to um, listen to this song as we prepare our hearts, as we prepare our hearts to receive the body and the blood of Jesus. So we're just going to pray this through, and you can sing it. Let's sing it together. And just rest in the Lord as you prepare your heart to just be able to not be shaken. This is one of the things that will give us the strength that we need because we're actually partaking of him. And do you know one more thing? When we partake of the body and blood, it says we share in the fellowship. We're partaking and we're sharing in the body of blood, not just here, but everywhere in the body. So wherever they're taking communion this morning, we're sharing. We are the body of Christ all around the world, people. This is one of the things that is uniting us as the body, spiritually, supernaturally. And so let's just listen to this, and then we'll partake together. I believe that we're all going back to one body. Because, you know, the scripture's clear, and this isn't any of my sermon, but you know what? There's only one heaven, right? There's only one God, there's only one Jesus, one Holy Spirit. And when we all get gathered up, and we're all up there in heaven, we're going to be worshiping the only true God, right? We're going to be one body and spirit and soul. So in my simple mind, I I believe I'm right. (laughs) Right? All right. We're going to take up an offering, amen? And I want to make one thing clear. You know, the Lord's been speaking to my wife about the Lord's table for like the last year or two. Grace, I need you to come down. And and I hope that God, he changes, I mean, I hope he changes her thinking. Not that because of communion, but because I think in our house we have three or four tables And then we have two or three more that she's got down here. So we need to change it. Maybe we need some chairs. You know? Thank you, Lord. I know. If you go, you're going to come up to our house for dinner afterwards, and you're going to see there's three tables. How many many tables do you have in your house normally? One, right? We have three, three dining room tables. So, but it makes it interesting because when you go to eat, you can like, we have like a breakfast table. We have a lunch table, and then we have a dinner table. <laughs> so it's, it works out, and each have different views. <laughs> All right, let's take up an offering, amen? Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I thank you for all those that are here. I pray for those that couldn't make it, Lord, and I just remembered today's the Super Bowl. And I pray for those that are getting ready for the Super Bowl party, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would bless them. And be with them, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that you would cover us with your precious blood, Lord God. That you, Lord Jesus, would be first on our minds always, Lord God. And we'd be the first things on our mouths when we, when we wake up. That we would be praising and thanking Jesus. And I just praise you and thank you for each person here. 
Lord God, and I just pray you would bless them. Bless their finances as we give into your kingdom where rust and moth will not devour. And Lord God, I just pray that you would bless them abundantly. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, my wife has to sneak out. She'll be back. And so there's no kids' church today. So you guys get to have church with Grandpa and even great-great-uncle Chris. Great-great-uncle Chris. Great-great-aunt Julie's got to go. Your car's up there if you want to take your car. Okay. Careful going up that bank. It's deep snow. She's going for it. Oh, you can't tell her anything. <laughs> That's one thing I've learned in marriage, you know. You just say, oh, amen, God bless you. <laughs> I warned you. <laughs> There's deep snow out there and no path. But she, oh, she changed her mind. I just didn't think so. <laughs> you did wear the right boots, though. They come up to your knees. All right. Title of my sermon is, Jesus is the Vine. And we are the branches, amen? Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. John chapter 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right now, we are living in an uncertain world with all these uncertainties all around us. Uncertain of our livelihood. Some of us are uncertain about our even jobs. Uncertain what tomorrow will bring. You know, we've had a lot of different prophecies. There's been a lot of conspiracies. We've heard a lot of things about what's going on around the world. The prophets are saying this. Some are saying one thing. Some are saying the other thing. You know, that is the most confusing thing when you're a Christian and you're trying to decipher what God is doing. And you know, you get caught up and listen to these prophecies of one way, and then you listen to somebody a prophecy of another way, and then you hear the prophet saying, well, I guess I must have missed it. And it's confusing. And you know, I think about that, and I think, well, who's the author of confusion? Right? It's the devil. He doesn't want you to have clarity. And we're not supposed to be confused. Amen? But I believe, like this song is saying, that we sang, 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 I believe what's going on is that God is starting to shake up his church. Right? He's shaking it. He's shaking it, and he's stretching our faiths. You know, it's how we grow. That's how you grow. You know, you get comfortable. We get comfortable in a way of life, in a way of living. And we get, we, get, we get into that. And we take confidence in that. But we don't really grow out of it. We just kind of like get comfortable and kind of go with the flow. Everything's going well. No stretching of faith. 
I think what God is doing right now is he's, he's like, you know, we're not, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what's going on. I don't even know all these 43 executive orders he signed now, or it could be 50. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because we're not trusting in man. Right? We got to trust in God. We will not be shaken. Even though God is going to shake everything all around us, what's going to happen is everything that's not of God is just going to fall off us. He's going to get it away from us because he's separating us. He's going to have a pure and spotless bride. Amen. And that's what the church is doing. He's going to start the shaking in the church. That's where he starts it. So God is shaking and he's stretching. He's looking for those that are not going to be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. God is looking for those. Let me say that again. He's looking for those that are not going to be tossed to and fro by every wave of doctrine. You know, just like there's really only one body of Christ, there's only really one doctrine that we should follow, and it's the Word of God. Amen. There's one doctrine that's steadfast, that's been proven, you know, over centuries, over millennials, over thousands and thousands of years. It's never failed me yet. You know, and I've been a Christian now for 27 years, 28 years. It's never failed me yet. You know, I chased after the world. I gave it hell. You know, I did. I gave it a gusto. And you know what? It chewed me up and spit me out. It did. But when I found Jesus, when I found God, He brought me in and loved me and raised me up. Like a father. Because He is a father. You know, He is the father. We don't need to be running around and worrying. We don't need to be worrying. What we need to be doing is remaining in the vine. We need to be remaining in the vine. We need to be holding fast to Jesus. And we need to be bearing fruit. Amen? That's what he calls us to do. He calls us to bear fruit, much fruit. So in John chapter 15, verse 6, it says this. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and I will, and it will be given to you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be given to you. I'm telling you, we need to remain in the vine. We need to be experiencing Christ. You know, when you remain in the vine, I'm a landscaper, you know. I'm not a rocket scientist. 
You know, but I've learned in a, in a few things over the years. And I know that if I cut a branch off a tree, that branch is going to die. The only way that branch is going to ever live is that if it's grafted into another tree. And you know, us being Gentiles, we are grafted in. The Word talks about this. We're grafted in to Jesus. We're grafted in with the Jews, with the Israelites. And I know that if I don't have that life-flowing nutrients coming through that cambium layer of that tree into that branch, then I'm not going to live. We all need that. We need that life flowing from Jesus to us. You know, there's a, there's a, um, the Hebrew letter Vav for, it's actually the number of man. It's the number six. It's the sixth letter in the Hebrew alphabet. And, the, and it looks like a Y. And it comes down. And they say it looks like a Y. And it comes, it, just like a Y, because it's the three points of where Jesus was crucified. His arms, you know, and then his feet. But it also means it's the only letter where God actually comes down through and goes into you. And to me, it looks like a little tree. You know, and that's what we need. We need, the, we need the flow of Jesus coming from heaven right into us, right into our spirits, now more than ever. You know, we need, we need that life flow of the Father coming right into us. So we know what's happening. And the only way to do that is if we remain in Him. We can't be apart from Him because what we'll do is we'll, we'll dry up and wither up and we'll be no good for nothing but to be burned and thrown into the fire. But we need to remain. And how we remain in the, in the, in, in the, in with the Lord and with Jesus is by reading our word, by praying. You know, last night I woke up. It was funny. I woke up at like 1.33, I think it was. And I could not. I went into a, a warfare prayer, like battle prayer. I was telling my wife about it. I went into a battle prayer. I'm pleading the blood over everybody. You know, my whole family, I'm like, Lord, what's going on? I'm, I'm like, then I started getting built up in my spirit, in my prayer. And it's funny because I have really good friends that are monks, right? Catholic monks. And one is Felix, one is Carl. And, and it's funny because the reason why we have the statue of Mother Mary out there is not that we worship Mary, but Mary is blessed above all mothers, right? So we honor Mary. We're not we're not practicing Catholics or anything like that. But we do honor Mary in our faith. It's part of the word. But our friend Felix gave that to my wife. Beautiful little statue of Mary. And he gave me a rosary. Then, you know, and, I have, and I have the rosary tied on my, night, on my headboard of the bed on my side. And it's funny. I don't, believe, I don't, pray the, I don't even know the prayers of the rosary. But I know that there's a, there's a symbol of Jesus on the cross on that rosary. Right? And I know that God forgave me of so much of sins in my life. So I, I look at that, and I look at Jesus on the cross all the time, and I just remember of what God did for me. 
That's all it is for me. So I grab a hold of that thing at night when I'm at middle of the night. And I, my wife will tell she'll hear it rattling because it's like my hands, I'm reaching for it. I'm like, there's the rosary. All right, I got it. And I'll just pray. I don't pray out loud because I don't want to wake up my wife. But I mean, I went into warfare prayer last night like never before in my life. And I'm praying the blood of Jesus and I'm taking authority. Then I'm like, you know what? God gave me authority as the head of this house to cast out all demons, all demonic powers, all principalities. I'm calling them, I'm calling them all down in the middle of the night. And that's what it's like to remain in the divine. That's all part of it. You get on your knees and you pray. You pour your heart out to God. That's all part about being connected to Jesus. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I mean I'm reaching up there because I'm, you know, in my simple mind, I'm thinking that's a connection to Jesus that I've got. I'm holding on to the cross. I'm holding on to the promises of the word. I'm holding on to what Jesus said, that I'm the head and not the tail, and that he's given me authority in my house as the head of the house. He's given me authority in this house as the pastor of this house to plead the blood of Jesus over every one of you. Over all my children, grandchildren, throughout all the generations God allotted me. I've got authority because Jesus said all authority that I have, I give to you. I go to my father's house and all authority that I've had here on this earth, I'm passing it on to you. And if we don't take that authority, then the devil gets a foothold in the door, and then he takes that authority. And you know what I'm thinking in my prayers the last night? I'm going, the devil is a legalist. He knows the legalities. He's a legalist. You know, the devil's up there. How can the devil be in heaven, right? When he asked to plead with Job. I can't still figure that out. I was like, why? I thought God kicked that guy out of there. Why is he up there saying, Well, you got your hand over Job. That's why he's blessed and highly esteemed. Because you've got a personal protection over Job. Why don't you take your hands off him and let's see if he doesn't curse you. Right? Well, so so the devil is a legalist. He's like a a bad lawyer. You're right. He's a bad prosecutor. You know, but he's actually pretty good because he's been around for quite a long time. His demons have been around for a long time. Right? So you need to have one that's better than him, and that's Jesus, who is better and greater, you know, than the devil. So that's who we have who's advocating for us. That's our lawyer in heaven. But so the devil's a legalist, and he goes, no, you don't have a legal right. But, you know, I'm thinking in my prayers, and I'm thinking in my, laying there in my bed, I'm pleading the blood. And he's, he's like, you don't, have, you don't have the right to take authority. I'm like, wait a minute. See, I'm the head of the house. I have all the right. I have all the authority. I have all the authority. You're a liar. You know, these are thoughts that are going through my mind. You know, as I'm praying. So I'm thinking, you're a liar. I don't need to hear this. I don't need to be afraid of anything. I don't need to be afraid of you. I just need to kick you out and get you out of here because God's given me authority. And that's, when we are remaining in the, and when we remain in the Word of God, and we remain in the vine, you know, God will bring all this stuff up to your, your remembrance. Everything you've read in the Word, 
He'll bring it back to you. And you know, the word started coming out. I started preaching in my sleep there almost. I wasn't sleeping, but in, in my prayers, bringing up scriptures. No, devil. The word of God says this, you know. <laughs> it is written. That's all you got to say. Devil, it's written. It is written. It is written. That's all Jesus said. It's written. But in John 15, 1 says, I am the vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it will be even more fruitful. You know, we go through life, and being a Christian is not always, it's not a, you know, it's not a, Patty cake walk. You know what I mean? It's not easy being a Christian today. There's temptations out there all over the place. You know, there's every corner, there's temptations. There's something that takes your attention off of what you're focusing on God. You know, I'm terrible at it. I'm a visual guy. You know, I see something moving. There's a deer. Oh, look at There's a squirrel. <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> It's going back and forth. I'm terrible at it. I got to stay focused on what God is telling me to stay focused on. Right? But being pruned. Nobody likes to be pruned. That's like somebody telling you you're wrong. You're wrong. Wait a minute. We got to cut that branch off. It's a little too radical. It's wrong. We got to cut it off. Nobody likes to be pruned. It's like being disciplined, isn't it? I mean, when you were a kid, did you love to be disciplined by your father or your mother? Did you love it? I don't know about you, but I got a belt. I got a wooden spoon. And you know, when I got a little bit older and big enough, where the wooden spoon didn't hurt anymore, and we, my mother would break them on us. I mean, she would she'd beat us with that thing till it was broke. <laughs> and we would laugh. We would sit there and we'd laugh at her. Us boys, you know, because we were in a house full of boys. You know, I was the oldest. We would laugh. I'd always beat up my brothers all the time, so I would be the one getting the beatings most of the time. But, yeah, it got to a point where we would just laugh, and Mom would just give up. She said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done breaking my wooden spoons. But nobody likes to be disciplined. Nobody likes to be pruned. But, you know, God is such a loving God. And a loving father, when he prunes you, you know, it might hurt a little bit, but he's doing it for your best. Because he knows what's best for you. He wants you to produce as much fruit as possible for the kingdom of God. As much fruit as possible in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships. God wants you to be fruitful. And he wants you to remain in him. Because if we get separated from him... We lose that flow of that life-giving flow, that living water that runs through that tree to keep you alive. Remain in me and I will remain in you. That's a promise of God right there. Remain in me and I will remain in you. See, you hold on to Jesus. And you don't let go. 
You hold on to Jesus with everything you have. And you don't let go. You remain firm. And he'll remain firm for you. You remain steadfast and he'll remain steadfast for you. You remain faithful and he's always faithful. You just remain in Jesus. No matter what is going on in your life. No matter what is going on all around us. No matter what is going on in the world. You know, you got to remember. And I love this. This is I listened to Francis Chan last yesterday with Julie. And I love what he said. You got to remember we're not a part of this earth. This is not our home. You are a citizen of heaven. Think about that. You're a citizen of heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. Your home is not here. Your home is with Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. And you know, it says the kingdom of heaven is advancing forcefully. And forceful men take hold of it. Men, we need to rise up and take hold of the kingdom of heaven like never before and don't let it go. Forceful men don't let things go, do they? They don't give up. They don't surrender. They don't look back. They press on to the goal. They push forward. You're a member of the kingdom of heaven. You're a citizen. And I'm thinking, I just can't wait to see what the kingdom of heaven looks like. I can't wait to walk in the streets of the kingdom of heaven. I can't wait to see the buildings that Jesus has been working on. I can't wait to see the house. I can't wait to see my family and friends that are up there, that have gone before me, that are up there worshiping God, and who knows doing what else. You know, we don't need to worry about what's going on in this world because we're not a part of this world. And that's what we got to get rid of. We got to get rid of the world. We got to let it shake off us. We got to remain in the vine and hold on to Jesus. Because we're not of this world. We're all aliens. <laughs> You're not going up with a UFO. Just remain in Jesus no matter what. No matter what comes on this earth. You know, we have been hearing stories of asteroids that we're gonna, the earth is going to be passing into this asteroid belt. That it's 200 million miles wide. Wow! That's just great news, isn't it? How much time we got left? Well, you might have a year or two. Who knows? Who knows, right? But who cares? Who cares? Because who are we putting our faith in? Where's our, where's our home? Our home is not this planet our home is in heaven with God it doesn't matter so don't worry about things like that you live your life to the fullest and you live your life holding on to Jesus and not letting go that's all that matters God will be there for you God will be your provider he'll be your shelter 
You know, you can never go wrong with Jesus. You can't. He's never failed. He's never failed yet. He's never failed yet. Think about it. You can't go wrong with Jesus. He's never failed yet. He's never failed one that's come to him. He's never failed one. And he actually takes the 99, puts them out in a nice pasture, and then he goes after the one. He's never failed one. And he'll never fail you. You know, he never failed Joshua. And as he was with Moses, he, would be, he was going to be with Joshua. And as he was with Joshua, he'll be with you. And if you got your Bibles, you can open up to Joshua chapter 1. I love this scripture. Look at I got your dad's little card in there, Joni. It's in my Bible. It's Joshua chapter 1. We'll read from verse 5. It says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Period. How about that? No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. You know what? This, I love this scripture. This is one of the first scriptures I, when I read when I was a young Christian. And, I, and for some reason it got into my heart. And I've not been able to let it go. Because it's like one of those powerful scriptures that, you know, these are promises that when I started reading the Word of God, I started like, this is a promise for me. This is a promise for the whole world. Why doesn't everybody know this? Because it's a promise from God. Just as it is a promise for you. And you need to hold on to it. Then you need to believe it. And you don't doubt it. And you believe it with all your heart. Because it builds your faith. And it stretches you. And it makes you hungry for more. It makes you want to dig more into that vine. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. My wife, How many times have I said that? Thousands of times by now. And that's what you hold on. These are one of the scriptures that even my kids know. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. That's what we need to be. Strong and courageous. Holding on to the promises of God, being strong and courageous. I don't care what's happened around me. If Joshua wasn't strong and courageous when he went out there to fight all those battles, he would have been afraid and terrified. You know, it's kind of like a dog that can smell fear, you know? When you're afraid of an animal, they know it. They can smell it on you. They smell the fear. I'm telling you, the enemy can smell the fear on you when you're afraid. You just need to stand in the Word. Build your faith up. As I was with you, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. You be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all, all the law of my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. There you go. 
You know, Jesus has already made a perfectly straight path. Bam. Straight path right to the Father. Straight as an arrow. All we need to do is be following that straight path. We don't need to be turning to the left, getting just getting kind of drawn over to this direction. We don't need to be going over here to the right. You know, this morning, instead of turning left, when I should have turned left, I went straight. And I almost went to Ithaca picking up our friends. And I realized when I got into Danby almost, like, I'm going the wrong way. I'm going the wrong way. Thank God for GPS, and thank God I knew the back roads over to Spencer. You know? But, you know, that's what happens. You go the wrong way, and next thing you know, here I am 20 minutes later than what I normally should be. I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm supposed to be back at the church by... <laughs> 10 o'clock, 9.30, 10 o'clock. I think mean, we didn't get here to what, 20 after 10? Because I took the wrong way when I should have went the right way. And that's what happens when you, when you take the wrong way with God. You know, then it takes you back and you've got to loop around. And what normally should take 5, 10 minutes takes you 20 or 30 minutes. You know, Jesus made a straight path. Here he's telling Joshua, don't go to the left, don't go to the right, just follow me. Just follow me. That's a lesson for all of us today. We need to just follow Jesus. Don't let him go. Follow Jesus. Don't turn to the left, don't turn to the right. That you may be success, successful wherever you go. Don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Remaining in the vine again. Meditate day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Did you hear that? You want to be prosperous and successful? You just remain in the vine. You just remain in God. He'll take care of you. You know, he'll take care of you. He'll prosper you. He'll make you successful. And if not here, up there for sure, where it all matters. Because this earth is only but, our lives are only but a twinkle of our eyes. But heaven is forever. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous and do not be terrified? Do not be discouraged. Don't be discouraged by this world. Don't be discouraged about what's going on. Remember that your your home is not here. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And that's what we need to hold on to. You know, I got more and more and more, but I've gone on so long already. You know? And I know it's getting late, and I want to stop right there. Meditate. <laughs> Meditate day and night. Meditate in the vine. But, you know, I would like to open up the altar if anybody would like prayer. If they're discouraged. If you're discouraged, you know? And you need to touch from God. If you need help, 
You know, don't hesitate. Come on down. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray for you. We'll plead the blood of Jesus over you. We want you to walk out of here filled with faith and fire. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Amen. So if you do need prayer, I'm going to close my eyes. I'm just going to pray the closing prayer. Just come on down. And we'll pray for you. Julie and I will lay hands on you and pray for you. We believe on laying on hands. We believe on casting out COVID, so don't worry. None of us have it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, and praise you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your people. I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, I pray, Lord God, anything that I said that's not, that's of me, it's of the flesh. Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just let that fall away. But, Lord God, anything that was, came from you from the throne of heaven, you know, through me, Lord, thank you, Lord, for using me. Lord, I pray that it would stick in their hearts, that they would hide it in their hearts, Lord God, and that they'd be blessed, that your people would be blessed. Lord, I pray this, Lord God, and I thank you for each one, and we pray the blood of Jesus over everyone here. Over all our children and grandchildren, we come against the powers of principalities that are at war with us. We come against sicknesses, COVID. We come against it in Jesus' name. And we pray your covering on your people. Lord, let us be like the Israelites who were in Egypt when the plagues came. Lord God, those plagues weren't found on the camp of the Israelites, but only on the Egyptians. Lord God, I pray that, Lord God, we would be like your, like your people Israel. That those plagues, those pestilences, all those, Lord, fears and terrors, Lord God, would not come upon us. We just pray this because of your precious blood, because of your son Jesus and what he's done. We give you all the praise and honor and glory for this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Oh, you want me to say it? You may be dismissed. <laughs> you may be dismissed. Thank you.